The Nino. The Nino is upon us as I gaze out my window, my home office. The floods are occurring. An ark is being built in the Erie's backyard. The Nino, the Nino is here. It is real. El Nino. El Nino. Which is Spanish for the Nino. So, hello everybody. (laughs) Happy uh, 2016. Uh, A new year is upon us. This is podcast number what, Andy? Eleven. And they and they said it wouldn't last. They said We've, we. It, it's been a whole year since we've talked to you last. Not really. Not not quite. Um, <laughs> but uh, but we're excited uh, that you're tuning in, and we're very very grateful for you. Um, best present you got over uh, over Christmas? Uh, it's got to be my uh, alternate Ducks jersey I'm wearing right now. Okay, well, that's a that's a conversation killer. Um, my 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 sweet girl, my sweet girl Hannah, who is ten, with help ordered off the internet uh, a big T-shirt that is black with a Dell's face on the front of it, just saying hello. And um, and so she is she's living out in the ark as uh, as we speak. Um, so that was not my favorite present, but good holiday. <laughs> it was Adele's favorite present. Sunflower May. Did she love life? She loved it. She was a flower girl in my brother's wedding over New Year's Eve. That's what I'm oh, talking about. It was amazing. I spent uh, New Year's with New Song Church out of Santa Ana and uh, at the Palm Desert, and they are an amazing, amazing crew. If you're in Santa Ana, check them out. Uh, they are uh, probably the most multi-ethnic church I've ever uh, been a part of, and it was so great to um, see lots of tongues and tribes and nations sort of represented in that capacity. So anyway, it was good. We've got a good topic, buddy. I, I we got a good topic today. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this topic. Today. You're not. You I'm are not. not. <laughs> um, and I'm not either. But before Christmas, I, um, I I thought I made just a relatively innocuous comment on uh, Facebook. And what, what I wrote, this was when Donald Trump was talking about a Muslim registry and and uh, and the shootings in San Bernardino and, and Paris. And there was all this gun control talk. And Jerry Falwell Jr. comes out and encourages his Christian students to arm themselves. And, and so uh, in the midst of that, I just, I wrote, it is more important than ever that Christians provide a counter narrative to the one given voice by Trump and Falwell Jr. For many in our world, becoming a Christian simply means becoming a gun-loving, fear-mongering, wealth-hoarding, conservative Republican. Jesus must be liberated from every political agenda that holds him hostage. Now, I wasn't saying, Andy, that the stereotype was true. I was simply saying that for lots of people I know, uh, many of them outside of the faith, the, the Christian faith as it is expressed in America is so intertwined in their minds with conservative politics yeah. that, that when, when some of this stuff is going on, it doesn't matter if Trump's really a Christian or Falwell is a Christian or whatever. It's just kind of assumed that's the Christian narrative. That's where following Jesus leads you right. into... Uh, pro-Republican, pro-gun, pro-war, anti-homosexual sort of political stances. Hence the need for other people to say, hey, 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 if you believe that politically, okay, but that's not, 
Jesus doesn't take you there. Right. Now, this provoked uh, some furor, uh, as you can imagine. So I want to read some of the, the more choice comments. I've hidden the, the discussion on my page just so no one can go back and figure out who said what and do anything like that. But because they were made in a public forum, I feel like I can repeat them without identifying who the person was. Yeah. Uh, so, so here were here were just comments, and some of these were you know subthreads. But you'll get kind of the feel of it. Uh, if someone enters my home in the middle of the night trying to rape my wife, and I have a nine millimeter handgun on my nightstand, what would be the appropriate Christian response? So that was one interesting comment, or or libtard Christians are just as ignorant or maybe stupid as other libtards. Thank God there are those of us who will protect you. How can a Christian, quote unquote, vote for and support baby killers? So that guy got blocked for uh, libtard. Um, uh, Another comment was, uh, your post on its face takes up the liberal narrative. You realize this, No. Uh, these same words are used by less well-meaning people to characterize and demonize people who own guns for self-protection work uh, and saving are conservative and yes are Republicans. In fact, the Post presents almost a monolithic view of Republicans so much so that some of this thread took as an endorsement of Democrats. Even though I said clearly that some in our world take this narrative, that I was not saying that was the correct narrative. It's just fascinating how quickly that got lost in the thing um uh, your words echo for many of us um words that are used to demonize those of us who strive to strike an appropriate balance and it also comes off as a built self-righteous don't you realize this when you wrote it another comment partisan predictable and polarizing every bit as much as that which you condemn your list of pejoratives are a lame caricature of the right fomented by the radical left media and believed only by those who pay attention to them. A love of guns is a love of freedom. Fear-mongering is the label used by cave-dwelling Neville Chamberlains, awaiting their place with the fools of history. And wealth-hoarding is the moniker used by Occupy Wall Street entitled Socialist Brats. On the other hand, your quote other narrative, pitting Democrat against Republican as if one party does not more closely reflect biblical Christianity, is in fact nothing more than a thinly veiled passive-aggressive liberalism. Man, that is a lot of names. Wow. Juxtapose your list of Republican negatives with those of Democrats. 60 million children murdered, redefining marriage, encouraging gay sex, promotion of gender reassignment. The war on the First and Second Amendments are name, to name a few of the Democrat weaknesses. The abortion holocaust alone disqualifies the Democratic Party as a reasonable choice for Christians. In the interest of being well thought of by the unchurched, perhaps you should consider just coming out as the liberal your positions defend. Yeah! Andy's giving me a funny face like, <laughs> really? People said this? Yeah, I, was, I mean, I couldn't, I tried to keep up on all this and it, it got to a point where I simply could not. Oh my goodness. Folks, I, if you didn't see this, I mean, this this was the long, I think this is the longest thread you've ever had on your Facebook account. Well, definitely the most insulting. There's yeah. no there's no question. Mike aligns with liberal positions. Um, <laughs> many in the church noted here by how many likes I got of Align Jesus with the true cultural atmosphere of our society today liberalism while hiding behind false claims of their own neutrality for goodness sakes Erie liked a poster who praises frankie schaefer 
who couldn't possibly be more liberal than that man. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm calling for a little honesty here. Um, it, oh, all right, one more. Uh, I have no and desire no unity with those promoting mass murder, i.e. abortion, and this is the cornerstone of the Democratic Party. If your allegiance is to those supporting this Holocaust, then I reject your self-description as a Christian and thus your fellowship uh, and encourage you to rethink your political alliances. Party association divorce from a biblical worldview is an absurd expression of naivete. In fact, it is dangerous. The independent position is a make-believe bubble, a place to hide, therefore irrelevant to the realities of the political process. And last but not least, Andy, stick to preaching. This post was sloppy in so many ways. Call out both sides next time, lest you be seen as a bleeding heart lib, which is everything that is wrong with our country. All right. Now, there were supportive comments too. Those were the choice ones. And it, and it's and, it, and it's so fascinating to me because uh, I thought I was simply saying, "Hey, part of our job as Jesus followers is to make Jesus beautiful and to make sure that people understand that uh, that Christianity and the Republican Party are not intertwined." Um, and, and because in many in the imaginations of many they are. So I was simply saying, well, we've got to we've got to have other stories too. And then, boom! I'm a libtard and a liberal. And I mean, there's uh, you know, and there were great people who thoughtfully disagreed. Um, and and I'm sure these folks thought they thoughtfully disagreed. But it 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 prompted me to spend the last month thinking about Jesus and politics because here we are in election year, and there is so much craziness and polarization in our world. I thought, okay, well, let's. Let's do part one, see if we survive, and then maybe we'll do a part two. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So, Andy, um, people keep commenting that you don't disagree enough with me. So, I want you just for the sake of, of form, disagree with everything I say. Okay. Okay? Okay. Except you just agreed with that. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm just, I'm exactly. just, just going to agree with everything you there say. You so, go. I'm disagreeing with your request. How about that? Yeah, perfect. How about now, that? Let's, and this isn't, you know, there are theologians and, and thinkers who do a much better job uh, at this than, than I, but I, I want to begin to put a theology of politics together. And so I'm going to say a bunch of stuff and, and um, interrupt and disagree every time, um, for sure. Um, and you don't even have to ask a question. Just say, no, that's wrong. Okay. Even if I don't know it's wrong, maybe I'll just call it and say, I think that's wrong. Because if it's not me that thinks that, I'm sure someone else out there it, does. Totally. And and we don't want you to think that your, your job here, Andy, is just a yes man. I'm not. No, you are not. I'm not. No, I'm not. Now, so so let's, let's work a, a bit on a, a theology of politics, shall we? Sure. No, we shall not. No. All right. Let's do episode two of depression. Point, point number one. <laughs> point number one, politics is a good and necessary thing in and of itself. In other words, if politics is understood as what we have to do to get along, uh, to, to live common life together, to promote human flourishing together, then, then politics would have existed even in the Garden of Eden, right? There, there's a sense that the word itself about how we arrange our life together, well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, not, it's become so dirty in our world. But, but I think theologically, God intended his creation to be ordered. And uh, that ordering, part of that ordering is 
political, not in the sense of sides or candidates, but in the sense of structures that frame our common life together. All right. So politics, I I think, um, is it's it's and certainly in a fallen world now, it's a necessary thing. Um, But I don't think it's a thing bad in and of itself. Now, it's become that, I think, for for many of us. Secondly, having political opinions is isn't bad in and of itself either. Right. I mean, we live in a democracy which um, asks our opinion. And so the thoughtful engagement of uh, issues in the public square, the, the thoughtful reflection on candidates and positions, the participation in the democratic process. I mean, all of that is, I think, good and, and part of what it means to be an image bearer in America. So, so hallelujah for both of those things. Third point, and, and this is where we begin to branch off uh, from, from, from certain ways of thinking. Following Jesus has political implications. Now, here's what I mean by that. See, the minute we say political implications, we think Republican or Democrat. No, no, no. It's much bigger than that. Because remember, remember, Yahweh's claim in the Old Testament was that only Yahweh was God. That all other gods were no gods at all. And that claim gets transferred to Jesus of Nazareth. So that the early church, is, the, the, their creed of confession from the very beginning was that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Messiah is Lord. And what they meant was Lord of everything. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Now, that ran headlong into the claim of Caesar. Right. Right? Because the the the, the slogan of the day was that Caesar is Lord. And in fact, when you look at Luke's recording of the birth announcement in Luke chapter 2, you have Caesar Augustus mentioned and the claims of Caesar were things like he he brought peace to the earth because he bought this brought this Pax Romana. He was savior of the world because he brought peace, and he was Lord. Caesar was Lord, and so so it, it's fascinating that when the angels are appearing, they they say, "Hey, there's good news in the town of David. A savior's been born to you, um, and uh, he is Christ the Lord." And so and and then and then the angels, you know, sing. Um, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom God favors, not Caesar favors, God favors. And so that is an incredibly political statement, right? John the Baptist was uh, put to death because he was denouncing a political ruler. Herod, the reason Herod put the, the babies, the, the under two-year-olds to death was because uh, there was a, one who was born king of the Jews, a political title, uh, in Herod's mind. And then the book of Revelation is the most politically subversive book in the history of the planet because it is a critique of Rome. And sitting behind Rome is this uh, prostitute of Babylon, this great dragon, this the Rome, the, the Rome that was glorious and unconquerable and majestic turns out to just be a facade that's to be defeated by a lamb that looks as if he'd been slain and a bunch of martyrs who'd been put to death by the empire. I mean, unbelievably subversive stuff. So when we say that following Jesus has political implications, I'm not saying it means you're a Republican or a Democrat. I am saying that there is no other allegiance that can claim priority the way that Jesus can. Even the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, okay, I say that and I'm for that and and I've got nothing against that except 
if it would ever come into conflict with my pledge to King Jesus. At that point, uh, the scriptures are really clear. We're to obey governments uh, until they ask us to compromise the lordship of Jesus. And at that point, we engage in um, nonviolent civil disobedience. But we'll get to the nonviolent part later. So, so following Jesus has political implications. And, and, and it doesn't mean, it, it, it means this, Andy. It means that the church is to embody the place. The, the, the church is to be the people that put on display the lordship of Jesus to the world. This is what Israel's vocation was, to show the nations how good it was to live under the rule of Yahweh. The church is to show the nations how good it is to live under uh, King Jesus. That means then that we do our God thing in the public sphere as well as we do it in the private sphere. This old enlightenment dualism that says that faith and religion belongs to the public sphere, but in the, or excuse me, to the private sphere of your own individual morality. In the public sphere, though, we deal with facts and we deal with science and we do da 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 da. Uh, we resist that because we believe Jesus is Lord of science. We believe Jesus is Lord of history. We believe Jesus is Lord of literature and biology and all of those sorts of things. So we resist the dualism that says uh, that, yeah, you can. Uh, it's true for you. It's not true for me. You can follow Jesus just in the safety of your own heart. We say, no, no, no. Following Jesus has implications. And those implications were things like compassion and justice and righteousness and kindness and good news of the poor and so on. So, so the, the lordship of Jesus means there isn't one part of human life where Jesus isn't ruling and reigning, especially in those who've yielded their lives to him. Makes sense so far? Right. So, because the, the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus was that God was launching in the world of space and time and human affairs his cosmic rescue operation in and through Jesus, and it disrupted the status quo. The Jewish status quo was disrupted, the Roman status quo was disrupted, the Herodian status quo was disrupted, and all of those rulers conspired against this Jesus. And it wasn't because he was just preaching about what happens to your heart and your soul when you die. He wasn't going around saying, hey, accept me in your heart and then try to be a good person and you'll go to heaven when you die. He was preaching something that threatened, it was dynamic, it was, it was explosive, it flipped upside down the social orders of the world. And that Revelation is still afoot. Now, it can be easily co-opted by political agendas, and that's why I'm not saying this is a Republican-Democrat thing. I'm saying that the church's primary allegiance is to Jesus and to represent him well, and the invitation is to do that in the political arena as it is in all spheres of life. Are you with me so far? Yes, I am. But disagree. Uh, it's kind of hard to disagree just yet. Okay, we're, okay. we're kind of just going through facts and uh, observations of information. Now, the church has traditionally, now there have been times, of course, and large amounts of time in church history where the church was married to the state in, in, a, in a deep way. And, and I think you could argue historically when that's happened, the church has been at its worst. Yeah. When the church is in the margins, it typically has had two vocations. The first vocation 
is to bring compassion, justice, and healing to the nations in the name of Jesus and through his power. So you read about hospitals, you read about schools, you read about missionary enterprises that, you, that, that weren't conquering but instead were service-oriented. You read in the, in the Roman Empire about uh, the early Christians taking care of plague victims and, and rescuing babies that had been exposed and raising them up in families and, and standing against gladiatorial games and so on. The other, the other role the church played was to call the, the governments into account. Because even though Paul will say this incredible thing that God can use non-Christian governments for good to exercise his wrath, like he does this in the Old Testament with Assyria and with Babylon all over the place, but that, that those individual governments are still corrupt and that the church's, one of the church's roles is to remind them of their final judgment, that they'll all be held accountable before Christ, and that Christ is Lord over them even now, even if they don't believe it. So, so what's interesting in our modern world, those vocations have been taken over. So the state now is the one that provides compassion, kindness, schools, hospitals, so on, so on. And the media is the crew that holds government to account. Mm. Now, this is another okay. outworking of the churches being relegated to the private sphere of individual morality. So it's ever more important to provide this counter-narrative because the counter-narratives that we were providing before in terms of being the only ones that offered compassion or being the only ones that would speak truth to power, now those have been co-opted by the power itself. So... Politics is a good thing. Having political opinions is a good thing. Following Jesus has political implications that work themselves out publicly. Okay? Those are huge, huge points in a, uh, a theology of politics. Now, this one is the one that's, I think, maybe the most missed. And people are going to disagree, but here's, here's a mini rant I got for you. The kingdom of God is not a certain political view of the kingdom of this world. Jesus stands in front of Pontius Pilate, and they have this incredible dialogue in John 19. And, and Jesus ends up saying, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my followers would fight for me. So the defining mark of a kingdom of this world uh, is violence and, and um, hatred and revenge and those sorts of things. So, so Jesus isn't saying his kingdom's not for this world. It's for this world, but it's not of this world. It transcends this world. There's an intersection between the kingdom of God and this world, but the kingdom of God is not defined by any version of the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of God is not the American version of the kingdom of the world, the Republican version of the kingdom of the world, the democratic version of the kingdom of the world, the libertarian version, or the capitalistic or socialistic version. It's not the Chinese version or the Saudi Arabian version. The kingdom of God is not like any of the kingdoms of the world, period. This is huge for people to understand. Every other political system stands indicted by the kingdom of God. Now, now some are less evil than others, of course. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to live in a democracy. And, and I would want that for every human person in their flourishing. But that does not mean that a democracy stands unindicted by the coming of the kingdom and Jesus into the world. 
And so what we have to say, what we have to say is that we have to be so careful to not fuse the kingdom of God with one version of the kingdom of this world. If it's the Republican version of the kingdom of the world, and people, and, and that's what, what the point of my original post, for many outsiders, it's just assumed that to follow Jesus means you take these political stances, right? right? You were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is it because... I think this makes sense when we're looking at it kind of reverse downward. If we try to look at any one of these political parties and say, which one is the most Christian and therefore that's the one I'll go to. I very much, most Christians will do the same thing with music, do the same thing with like now so many retailers that claim some form of Christianity. We we try to say, let's go support the things that are quote unquote uh, declaring Christianity. Right. And the Republican Party tends to use that as a way of their advantage and say like, and kind of tie things in and and fuse in all this stuff to then support the agendas in which they have which seem morally better right. than other political parties so to some to some so i think a lot of christians out there might be thinking well how do i go about supporting okay a, hold on a, a political party we're gonna get there this is still we're gonna get there because i'm breaking this podcast into two sections okay. one kind of the global theology of politics okay, okay. two is how do i christianly engage in the politics that sit around us. Sure. All right? Okay. And I'm still in process on this, and I could be be dead wrong. But I think this last point, that the kingdom of God transcends political parties, everyone will agree with, but but deeply we don't believe it or practice it. Sure. So that person that says, hey, an independent position is is impossible, I fundamentally disagree. Because there are parts I would affirm of both parties, and there's parts I would disavow from both parties, right? There isn't, there isn't one that fully represents the kingdom of God. That's it. There's not one version of the kingdom of the world that represents the kingdom of God. Right. End of story. Right. What were you going to say? I was going to say is like, so that, that was my question. It feels like then the agenda should be saying, well, why shouldn't we be trying to create a political party that looks most like the kingdom of God? And I think a lot of Republicans would argue that's what we're trying to do. Yes. But but we'll get to perhaps where God would indict, where Jesus would indict the Republican Party. Oh, for sure. But, it's all over the place. But, 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 but my point is, that's never been the invitation of Jesus. The, right. the invitation okay. yeah. of Jesus was never to turn the world into the kingdom. Okay. All right. Right? Yep. By conquest, by politics. No. We witness... To the reality of the resurrected, the crucified and risen Jesus, who is now Lord over everything. We witness to that in the way that we live and speak and act, right? And we embody the mission of Jesus, which is what? To proclaim and to demonstrate good news. Will that reform structure? Sure it will. But nowhere are we ever, I mean, even in the Old Testament exile narratives, we're never told to turn Babylon into Israel. We're never told to turn a country into a Christian nation. We're just never told that. We're told instead to witness to the reality of Yahweh in the Old Testament and the risen Jesus in in the New Testament. And to do that in a way that is compelling to outsiders, right? And so our predominant view isn't, well, let's turn the nation, let's find a political party that is Christian, because then you have all sorts of questions like, well, um, uh, okay, so we're we're gonna be we're gonna be against uh, homosexual marriage and never talk about greed, 
Which is mentioned more, right? We're gonna we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be pro uh, death penalty and, and pro just war and ignore all of Jesus's teachings about nonviolence and not responding evil for evil. I mean, it's impossible. Uh, and and because then you because then you have to say well which version of Jesus following are you going to claim in your party so so I'm not saying that's not a worthy endeavor or a, a worthy conversation but if you're starting from the, the the highest part the kingdom of God according to Jesus is something that's holy it's something that's indistinct it's something that's it's not indistinct it's separate. It's something that's hidden. It's something that works slowly. It's not something that takes over and conquers people at the point of swords or ballot boxes. It's something that woos. It is something that works its way through human history. And I don't mean to suggest that politics can't be used for, for kingdom purposes. I know, I know several Christians who love Jesus and in, in, in political offices. Absolutely. Hallelujah. We need more. Hallelujah. But in that... But even in those situations, the goal is not to try to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's something only Jesus does. But we try to embody kingdomness that's here already in our midst by pointing it out and living in a way congruent with Jesus and his purposes. Now, loads of people will disagree with me on this. Great, 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 great. Yeah. The, ba- the biggest question mark for me is is, is the how. Like okay. how. Yeah, and that's, we're getting I know, there. I know we're getting there. Hey, that's... All right, so five, what was it, five points. Number one, um, politics by itself, I think, is a good and necessary thing. Number two, political opinions, we're, we're asked our opinion in a democracy. So that's, that's great. Number three, following Jesus' political implications that can't be uh, relativized for uh, public, or excuse me, private morality in some individual, my individual heart. Um, number four, uh, governments, um, there is no perfect government. There is no perfect governmental system. Uh, the scriptures would say the world system is governed by the Satan, the archon of the world, the ruler of this world that rules the world. So so while democracy is maybe our best uh, case at ruling ourselves, it's not perfect and it's not the kingdom. We get, and then that brings us to the very important fifth point. The kingdom of God is not the American version of the kingdom of the world, the Republican version, the Democrat version, the libertarian version, the socialist version. It's bigger, higher, better, truer, richer, deeper, far more compelling, and turns the world's values upside down. So uh, take whatever the world values, flips up upside down, and then you're maybe close to, to the values of the kingdom of God. Now, you are asking, okay, so, so what do we do? And this is where I just have I just have thoughts. I'm not this this phrase that someone used stick to poli- or stick to preaching, uh, which is avoid politics. Which which is funny because Jesus's preaching had all sorts of political overtones. So I would say this is preaching. By the way, um, different uh, conversation. How do we exercise biblically our political responsibilities? And I'm not going through verses here. I'm just trying to pull some of the meta themes out of Scripture. Number one, we pray for our rulers um, faithfully and diligently, and we obey them in every circumstance uh, to have a good reputation with outsiders, except when uh, the lordship of Jesus comes into conflict with the lordship to the state. So that very clearly, I think, is, is in the Scriptures. Number two, we gently, joyfully, and politely resist the the dualism that says, hey, Christian, you have no business 
being Christian in the, in the political square. Uh, we, we resist that. But how we're Christian in the political square is the most important thing now. Okay, because you can be Christian in the political square and be a jerk, be a name caller, be full of condemnation and hatred and bigotry, right? And, and you're hurting the cause of Jesus even though you think you're right. So we must exercise Jesus following in all spheres of human life and public life. But how we do it is so fundamentally important. All right? Number whatever. Three? Yeah, three. Allegiance to Jesus means that we do Jesus' work Jesus' way. Jesus did not use hatred and condemnation. He did not use name-calling. He did not use demonizing his enemies. He did not use any of the things that are so common even among evangelical Christians as they exercise their citizenship in the public square. This point, this point, Andy, I, I, I wish I could sink my teeth into this point. This is the point that makes me this, the most angry. People so value their American citizenship, they're willing to make Jesus look ugly in order to exercise it. And and he would confront that no matter what political party you are. This whole libtard and liberal and... I mean, that's just... It, it's unfitting, right? Even if you disagree, if we're followers of Jesus, there's a unity that, that you and I would have far beyond any political affiliation, right? My... my, my my Christian brother or sister in Iraq is 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 uh, more important, should be more important to me than the neighbor down the street who may not be a follower of Jesus, but is a citizen of the American state, right? I mean, that's, we've, we have, we've emphasized the rights and individual liberties of our American citizenship to the place where as long as we're exercising them, it doesn't matter how we do so, even if it makes Jesus look awful. And so, to proclaim a lead. So we're saying, yes, be, be Jesus followers in the political sphere. But how do Jesus followers act? They pray for those who persecute them. They bless their enemies. They're kind. They're compassionate. They seek justice. They promote flourishing. My goodness, we're not to be assholes for crying out loud in the name of Jesus. All right, you can bleep that later. But I get fired. I get so stinking fired up because I've been that guy. Right, and I'm done. And I and I this Facebook conversation was so discouraging to me because in the name of Jesus, here we just go with the with with no other imagination other than well, if if you're not a Republican, you're a Democrat, and, and if you're not a Democrat, you're a Republican, as if there are no other options for Jesus followers for crying out loud. And the merest hint that we would question the Republican establishment as embodied by Trump and Falwell puts us into automatically the label of liberal. You know, and P, I mean, I mean, you just go, no, we've ceased thinking, we've ceased discerning, and we've ceased being formed and shaped by the gospels of Jesus. Because if you're going to be political and exercise Jesus' followership in the political sphere, you got to do it Jesus' way. Self-sacrificing love, blessing those who hate you, blessing those who persecute you. Come on, where is that? So, so to me, that is the most important thing in the theology of politics. You must never 
compromise. Our goal as followers of Jesus is to make Jesus beautiful. Some will say, well, Jesus is beautiful. He doesn't need you to make him beautiful. Well, then why does Paul repeatedly tell slaves and wives and husbands uh, and workers about how to be in their households and how to be with their masters in order to make the gospel attractive? Listen, our witness, our witness representing Jesus well is more important than any individual right you have. In fact, you could argue that following Jesus means you give up your individual rights. So people want to say, yeah, they're declaring more in the Second Amendment or the First Amendment or whatever. Those freaking amendments are not as important as your slavery to Jesus now. That's the point. Your slavery to Jesus, the fact that he, our bodies are no longer our own, that trumps every other right you think you have. End of story. And if you come at the world this way, assuming you're the world's worst sinner, assuming that your identity in Jesus is the most important citizenship you've got, then yes, let's exercise our political opinions. Yes, let's work to build structures that represent Jesus well. Of course, of course, of course. But it's gotten so twisted now that in Jesus' name, we make him look awful. Not everyone, of course, of course, of course, but so many. A couple of other thoughts, Andy, since you wanted how. Yeah, keep it coming. I'm, I'm yelling I'm, a lot. I'm stewing. I'm stewing I'm on this. I'm yelling a lot right now. Um, uh, I, I think we have to say that there's truth and falsehood in both, both uh, political parties. That there isn't one that perfectly represents the the will of God on earth. Well, I, but no, not for some people. Uh, the um, the folks that are one issue people, you know, hey, abortion travesty. I totally agree, yeah. totally agree. But how many civilians have we killed overseas yeah. in our wars? At what point are we guilty of that? Right. Um, um, uh, yeah, okay, the welfare system, you know, it's uh, the state doesn't run it well or illegal immigration and yeah, 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 okay, I got to that. But at what point do we talk about unhindered greed, right? When, when Jesus and the scriptures talk more about greed than they do about homosexuality or immigration, right? I mean, when do we, when do we have that critique? I mean, people want to say, well, you got to critique both sides. Great. But why can't I even begin to critique the Republican side without all these shouts of you know, liberal or whatever. I mean, we know Jesus would come and we know he would indict every side of every single issue. So to simply say, hey, my Christianity leads me to be a Republican. Okay, but that doesn't preclude someone else's Christianity leading them to become an independent or a Democrat or a socialist or whatever. Because being a Christian does not equate to a certain version of the kingdom of the world. Yeah, what, what what terrifies me most is the fact that I have to choose to vote, and then by because of how I vote, I am I am now declaring that I am in a camp that's worse seen than for me just my own faith. Right. Like I'm like I I would I'm terrified to proclaim any like political party just for the sake of like right. an outsider look in it. Like well then then you must be X Y Z dot 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 all these other things, right. and it's like. You know, we're talking about living a lifestyle that has multiple complex points and avenues in which you can weave throughout life in, like feel more passionate about one thing tomorrow and the next day you're kind of in this direction, but it doesn't mean you're anti the other. Right. 
and but yet we're forced into this box thinking because of how democracy naturally works it's a right. process of elimination yeah what ends up happening at the end of the day it becomes pub- republican versus democrat and it's like well, what do i do do i be the guy that says like well i'm just not going to vote because i think it's all crap and now you're the guy that doesn't vote or you choose one and then you still get flack for it. Right. So it's like you're completely put in a box and there's there's nothing you can do right. anyhow. I right. mean, that's like I feel like my hands are tied regardless of what I believe. Right. I think that's absolutely true. So so I protest by being an independent and and not I don't donate to one single thing, one single party, one single agenda and people will disagree and you know blah blah blah. Uh, secondly, I I don't um uh, I think it is more important to be known as a Jesus follower than to be known as a political person. So I rarely talk about politics. I mean, this, I, I'm, I'm, I guess as, as Vox is providing a forum for some controversial stuff, I'm thinking about it more. But I, I, I've always thought, listen, there is no perfect version of the kingdom of the world. And, and so you're you're settling for like what's the least worst option right totally that's exactly what it is like we're picking the lesser of many evils right like i mean i love shake you know shane claiborne's movement a few years ago driving on his bus saying vote for jesus and i'm like i would love to vote for jesus please put him on the ballot but when it comes down to it we're voting for people trying to maybe be selective about things of jesus they want to infuse into the agenda but at the end of the day i think as like a core follower i look at that anyways i'm like well i know you're hijacking stuff anyhow so if anything i I look at it as a falsehood right and i'd be like i would almost not want to support you for the very reason that you're trying to use it to your advantage totally and to me that doesn't reflect the community of god it doesn't reflect the community of jesus right so um couple last points okay that's really good stuff dude um it, the church should be the place that doesn't add to the polarization of american society but it often does instead of being quick to listen and slow to speak um instead of um instead of being peacemakers and loving one's enemies you know it just seems like and it's true for me the natural thing is just to add uh, to the polarization and the division every with every post with every you know Twitter like with whatever and I, I just feel like um, if you're spending more time immersed in news and uh, then you are in the scriptures then then maybe you've got it a bit backwards um, yes we are to engage in the political process but only from the place of seeing the kingdom for what it is and seeing the kingdoms of the world for what they are because and the and the New Testament is so clear about this if it's if it's flesh and blood it's never our enemy our enemy is against the powers and the principalities right that are not flesh and blood and so you could bomb the crud out of ISIS and you'd still have evil in the world and, and I'm not against protection and we can talk about you know uh, gun control and those sorts of things at another point because those things are more nuanced than just for or against. But my original post was just to say, hey, there, we, we have to allow people to imagine a, a way of Jesus following that just doesn't fall into the, yes, media perpetuated stereotype of gun control, anti-gay, you know, pro-Republican, pro-capitalism kind of things that out there. But when people respond so poorly to even questioning the Republican narrative, it just proves its point. Right. And so so there's a sense in which 
Uh, if Jesus were here, and we'll end on this, because uh, I'm sure though there'll be things I, I think I, I should say later. What would Jesus call into question in America? Um, and don't hear this in terms of Republican and Democrat, but I, I think it, it would, based on the testimony of his word, he would, he would uh, confront our militarism. And not that we shouldn't have a military or police and not that they shouldn't be equipped to restrain evil, but it's that Jesus, that, that Yahweh critiqued Israel so dramatically when they trusted in their chariots and in their weapons. And I think for a lot of us, we tr- there's a trust, there's a celebration of military violence, there's a celebration of violence in our culture. I mean, my goodness, for entertainment, we watch people pummel each other. Uh, into bloody oblivion, right? And it's just, and, 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 and there are pastors that promote this as like a good macho way of following Jesus. I mean, there's no way Jesus would ever, ever see these things or talk this way or ever approve of these things. There's just no freaking way. So, so Jesus would call into question the way our culture glorifies violence and the way that we tr- put our trust, not in him, but in our military to keep us safe. He would absolutely confront our individualism. He would confront uh, the elevation of desire and choice above everything else. He would totally confront that on both sides of the political spectrum. That sexuality is a boundaried thing. There are good uses and there are bad uses, contrary to whatever it is that we're desiring at the moment. That there is not one person who doesn't experience fallenness in their sexuality. So he would confront our worship of individual rights and liberties to the neglect of duty and honor. Uh, and community. He would confront our rampant individualism. He would absolutely confront that. That literally the, the, the greatest good is freedom of expression and the greatest bad is anything that inhibits that. He would confront that. He would, he would also confront our greed and our hoarding. That we are simply the most prosperous nation that has ever been on the face of the planet. The amount of good we could do with that income is astronomical. But we're also the greatest arms dealer. And we're also, you know, it's it's such a double-edged sword. He would confront us. He would confront us with our greed and our hoarding instead of wrestling uh, to meet the needs of the poor and the marginalized. And then lastly, he would confront the way that we talk to each other when we have these conversations. He would confront my anger. He would confront our contempt. He would confront our name calling and our slander. He would contempt. He would he would confront uh, Obama is the enemy uh, or the Antichrist. He would Obama and the he would, he would condemn the gossip. He would condemn the 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 absolute and and ridiculous uh, division that we add to the world. That's what he would confront, church. Now, if if there's a political party standing after he's done all that confronting, well, good for you. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. see one. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. And in my in my final thoughts, I mean, in that same thing is like I, I these political parties, in my opinion, were never intended to be personal identities. Whereas, like taking on identity of Christ is, and so whereas so much of these comments that I go through is an identity first in these parties yeah. and I have Christian ideals that are packed into that. So yep. sure. All these comments come flying out with speaking that identity first. And it's just like, I'm sorry. I thought, right. I thought you claimed under the identity of Jesus. Cause that was the case language used here. Right. The agenda used here would not be commonplace. I think for, for a person of Jesus. No. And, and, and I struggle with responding in grace to some of that stuff. And so, 
you know, I think, I, I hope we're all equally indicted. I mean, that's really the goal. It's like when we talk about sexuality, no one, no one comes at this from a position of superiority except Lord Jesus. When it comes to politics, no one comes through unscathed in terms of their own double standards and hypocrisy. And so key to following Jesus in the political process um, is to do Jesus's work, Jesus's way. And, and if you're not sure what that is, immerse yourself in the Gospels. Um, and I think you'll, you'll get a very clear picture of how we're to be in the world and where we put our trust. Well, Andy, you didn't disagree a lot, but that's okay because I'm going to disagree with your non-disagreeing. So just, I'm, I'm grateful that you were disagreeing in your heart. Um, we're so grateful to be a part of, of your journey, wherever you are. Um, we're on Twitter at Mike Erie and we have a Facebook page, obviously, um, and, uh, a public page and a private page and, uh, subversivekingdom.com is our website. And, and Andy is reminding me to say people can donate and people have donated, which is unbelievably shocking. Believe it or not, there were people that contacted me and said, Hey, we'd love to donate. And I, I just went, wow, thank you. So, so the money for donations uh, goes to like we, we've got equipment, um, website. I pay Andy. He just did a couple of, I did another website for us that we'll have news about here in a couple of weeks. Um, and so it's very helpful to, to keep this going. Um, although we don't do it at, at all for money, we'll keep doing it no matter what. But it certainly helps. Uh, pay for the equipment and keep the thing going. So thank you very much. If you want to donate, we won't argue. Um, any any last words, Andy? Go go Ducks. Go Ducks. We're on a winning streak. Hope we win tonight. Oh, we boy. should. Okay. We should. It's Maple Leafs. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's all we got. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. May El Nino have mercy upon us all. Thanks for listening to Vox, the Mike Geary podcast. Be sure to like Mike on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official Mike Geary. Follow Mike on Twitter and Periscope at Mike Geary for live interaction and ongoing Q&A. Don't forget to visit subversivekingdom.com for further engagement and information about Mike.